Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first part of our series, all about Jonah. If you have a church background from childhood, it's likely that you would have heard this story being told as Jonah is swallowed by a great fish. It's a really good story to tell, and I believe there is much for us to consider in this book. And so over the next six weeks, we are going to be looking at the book of Jonah. It fits very well with where we are as a church right now, because as we will hear in a moment, it starts with a call to Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh. Those of you that have been around at services here this year will hopefully have picked up that we have a verse of the year that keeps us focusing around a particular theme. We are looking at the last words of Jesus recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so with these words of Jesus, we're reminded that we have a call, not just to come here on a Sunday, but actually we are called to go out of here and to serve God. We are called to go. We are called to take the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for us out with us so that as we are changed, so others too might be changed by him. We've heard this morning about uh, Emma's call to go as she shared around her trip to India recently. We've prayed for David who is going out this week to Macedonia again because he was responding to God's call to go. So let's find out in this first part of our series what God says to Jonah. These events take place probably around 750 years before the birth of Jesus. So our reading today is from Jonah chapter 1 and we are reading the first three verses. Jonah chapter 1, the first three verses. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that we have your word contained in scripture. Thank you for the way that it encourages us, it inspires us, it challenges us. Thank you for the way that it reveals to us who you are. And so as we look at this story now, we pray that you will open up our ears and reveal to us what you want us to hear this day. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. A couple of weeks ago, a British driver was in the news as he undertook a journey of driving from Newcastle to Rome in the hope of seeing the Pope. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, man who was not named, 81 years old, put the wrong information into his sat-nav. Rather than entering Rome, he entered the letters R-O-M and he ended up around 900 miles away from his destination. He ended up in Germany. After the sat-nav insisted that he had arrived at his destination, uh, the somewhat confused man climbed out of his vehicle to look for any sign of landmarks that should have been clearly visible, places like the Colosseum or the Sistine Chapel. Unfortunately, as he did so, he forgot to put the handbrake on his Jaguar, which rolled away and ended up knocking down the sign for Rom. A journey where you end up miles from where you are supposed to be. And that's exactly what we have today. But this is no accident Instead, it's a deliberate choice by Jonah to go in the opposite direction to that which he is told by God. Jonah says no to God. There are a couple of things that I want to pick up from this reading and particularly a couple of questions that I want to ask. The first is this. What is the word of the Lord to you this morning. What is the word of the Lord to you this morning? And secondly, are you travelling to the place that God wants you to be? So let's start with the first of those questions. What is the word of the Lord to you today? The reading starts with these words, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The first thing that we hear is that Jonah heard the word of the Lord. Jonah is a prophet. In fact, his name is really interesting. Jonah means dove, which signifies a messenger. Son of Amittai means son of truth. So Jonah's name quite literally means he is a messenger of truth. And usually for a prophet in Old Testament days, the message that God would give would be a call for the nation to turn back to following God, a call to obedience. And secondly, there would be a call to holiness. In other words, to live like God wanted his people to live. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh. And one of the things that struck me about this is that we often run into Jonah's disobedience without first reflecting on this. Jonah heard the word of the Lord. As a prophet, it was his duty to hear the word of the Lord. 
But what we learn, what it reminds us of, is this. God is not seeking to be distant and impossible to know. He wants us to know him and he wants to communicate with us. I wonder, how many of us came today expectant that we might hear the word of God? The word of God speaking into our lives today. You see, we have, first of all, we have the Bible. God's word contained to us in scripture. Whenever we open this in church, we are hearing the word of God. Everything contained in scripture is God-breathed and is useful for us for teaching, for correcting, for helping us in our journey in discipleship. It speaks into our intellect, our knowledge about who God is. It says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active. In other words, God speaks to us today through his word. After Jesus rose and before he ascended into heaven, we are told what he did during this time. He met with the disciples, he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Why? Because it was God's word for them. Every time we read a Bible verse, it is the opportunity for God to speak to us. The Bible reveals truth to us. What is the word of the Lord to you today? As you read scripture, what are the truths that God wants to impart to you today? As well as speaking through his word, God also speaks to us through the Spirit. Last Sunday was Pentecost, the day we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles. Peter, as he preaches, quotes from the prophet Joel. <clears throat> In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit, who is, we might describe as God living in us, touches our spirit at the deepest levels. People experience the word of the God. They can the word of God. They can experience it through dreams, through visions, through pictures, through particular words that God places in our minds. You may be here and have experienced this, but equally you might be here because you say nothing like that has ever happened to me. But that doesn't mean that God is not speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. 
Let me give you some examples about how God might speak to you. We've already talked about verses from the Bible, but there may be a lyric of a song that we sing. A word that is said during the service, or maybe even in conversation with people before the service or after the service. It may be something from the talk that goes around in your head again and again. This could well be God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. There are many ways to recognise the sign that God is placing a word in your heart. It may be through a feeling that we have. Sometimes we get a sense of peace, a feeling of happiness. Maybe a sense of conviction. Now please note, conviction is different from condemnation. Condemnation says we are not worth it, we are valueless. Conviction says I need to change the way that I am. It may not be through a physical feeling. Sorry, it may be through a physical feeling as well. It could be through a feeling of warmth in our hearts. It might be the quicker beating of our hearts. It, It might be that feeling of having something stirred up inside us. It might be just that that feeling of we want to say, yes, that's it, in response to something, because suddenly something makes complete sense. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. I love the idea that Nikki shared with us last week about the forms that are available for children, and some of them picked them up this morning as well. It's simple. It's a sheet that says, what is God saying? Who is he saying it to? Is he saying it just to me or to everyone? I think this is a great discipline. It's really good because it builds up that expectation that God is speaking as we come to the service. I wonder, what is God saying to you today? What is the word of God for you today. God longs to communicate. God longs to reveal himself. What is the word of God for you today? The second question that I want to ask this morning is this, are you travelling to the right place? Are you travelling to the right place? Did you know there is a World Happiness Report which ranks 156 countries around the world on factors including life expectancy, freedom, gross domestic product, corruption, these kind of things. In 2019, in the top 10 were countries like Sweden, the Netherlands, Canada, at the top of the list, at the top of the happiness list comes Finland. The UK came in 15th place and the United States in 19th place. At the other end of the scale, in the bottom 10, countries like Rwanda, Syria, Haiti. At the very bottom of the list is South Sudan. Uh, Now, I suspect for many, 
we would probably choose to go to Finland rather than South Sudan if we were given a choice. And this is the challenge that comes to Jonah right now. He has heard the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. The problem that faces Jonah is this. Nineveh was not a good place to go to. For Nineveh would feel like, well, let's say 157th on the list of 156 countries and well below South Sudan. Let me tell you about Nineveh. Nineveh was the great capital of the Assyrian Empire, around 500 miles to the east of Jerusalem, located in the present-day country of Iraq. The Assyrians were known for their brutality. Uh, This is one example of what they did. After capturing an enemy, the Assyrian would typically cut off their legs and one arm, leaving one arm so that they could shake their victim's hand in mockery as they were left to die. The Assyrians could be really, really cruel. They were Israel's enemies. Indeed, they would invade and destroy the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 BC. God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach against the evil in that place. Jonah does not want to go. And so we're told that what he does is he goes to Joppa, he goes to the port there, he pays for a ticket not to go to Nineveh, but to travel in the opposite direction to Tarshish. We don't know the exact location of Tarshish, but it is generally thought to be a distant coastland, probably Spain, around 2,000 miles to the west of Jerusalem. Some think it was a place called Tartessus in Spain, which was famous for silver, iron, tin and lead. The The city exported these minerals to places like Tarshish. But here is one of the really interesting things about Tarshish. In popular imagination at the time, Tarshish became associated with the idea of being in paradise, more like Finland on our list. Or perhaps we could say a paradise like the Seychelles or somewhere like that. And you see, from a human perspective, here is the choice that is being faced. Go to Nineveh, which is what God says, but is a horrible place to go to, or go to Tarshish. Go to a place that's like paradise. It's a difficult choice for Jonah to face. And he decides to go to Tarshish, to run away from what the Lord tells him to do. He makes a choice of deliberate disobedience and he is trying to get away from God. Now let's leave aside one moment uh, the false theology that Jonah has because uh, the very reality of trying to run from God is an impossible one. God is everywhere. God is in Tarshish as much as he was in Nineveh. Jonah could not run away from him. 
But that is what he tries to do. It's like what he's doing is he is turning his back on God. God says, this is where I want you to go. And Jonah says, no, I am going in the opposite direction. I wonder, when the word of the Lord comes to us, we have a choice to be obedient and to follow or to turn our backs and go in the opposite direction. I wonder if there are any of us here today who have deliberately turned their back on God. When we have heard the word of God saying, go to Nineveh, we have said no, and we are heading towards Tarshish instead. We are turning our back on God. We are choosing disobedience. Let me suggest some reasons why Jonah chooses not to go to the place that God calls him to go. First of all is this, it doesn't make sense. Why would God call Jonah to go to Nineveh? Nineveh are their enemies. There's one other place in the Old Testament that we read about Jonah in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 14 and verse 25. Israel has been oppressed by a group of people called the Arameans for a long time. Towns have been captured and taken from them. But now there is some respite as Jeroboam is king. This is what we read. Jeroboam restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Sea of the Arabah in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hepha. You see, Jonah has been given a popular message. He's been saying, look, Israel is going to be restored more like it was in the time of David and Solomon, the great days of the kingdom. The cities that have been lost, the towns that have been lost, are being recaptured. This is the word of Jonah that comes from the Lord. A great message to give, a popular message to give. But imagine now he's given the message to go to Nineveh. If you go to Nineveh to preach against it, the whole point of going to Nineveh is that they will repent and turn to God. Why would God help such a cruel people? Why would you call them to repentance when what you want against them is justice? It just does not make sense to Jonah. Why go there? Sometimes we turn our back on God. Sometimes we choose Tarshish over Nineveh because we do not understand what God is doing. God is supposed to be loving, and yet awful things happen in the world. Maybe in our lives we are faced with very difficult situations. Someone dies unexpectedly. There's great suffering. Health issues, whatever it might be. God, what are you doing? I do not understand. 
And then in this attitude of not understanding, we turn our back on him. We may struggle because of science, and we think, well, don't, doesn't science disprove God? If you are here today, and thinking that in some way, shape or form, what God is saying, what his word is, as we look at the world around us and we say, it just does not make sense. Let me encourage you, journey with the book of Jonah and see that ultimately God is in control, God does make sense and he is more loving and merciful than we can imagine. It doesn't make sense. The second thing that I want to look at is this, that perhaps sometimes we turn our back on God because it's too difficult. Make no mistake, it would have been a scary proposition to go to Nineveh. Uh, in my reading around this week, there were a couple of examples that authors had about what it must have felt like for Jonah. Imagine, for example, being a Jewish rabbi and told to go to Berlin to call on Nazi Germany to repent. Another more modern example was given of being a Christian called to go to the IS-controlled state of Mosul or Fallujah and say to those people, repent. The chances of survival would seem to be minimal. The task just too hard. Sometimes we can turn away from God and choose Tarshish rather than Nineveh because it feels that God is asking us to do more than we possibly can. Maybe you are here today and you recognise that what you have done is you have chosen an easier path because the one that God has for you just seems too difficult. Let me encourage you today. If God calls us on a path, he will give us the strength that we need to travel in his direction. The third thing that I want to look at as to why we might not go on God's path is it just seems too costly. Jonah has been delivering a message that is popular. This message wouldn't be. This would be hard to hear. In fact, it's possible that this would hit his very pride of who he is. You see, a prophet is somebody whose word comes true. Back in the time of Moses, God had warned the people that there would be false prophets. How would you tell who was a true prophet of God and who was a false prophet? Quite simply this. A true prophet would be known because what they said would happen, happens. Now for Jonah, if he goes to Nineveh and preaches against the city, telling them how evil they are and that God will destroy them, and then they repent and they turn back and God has mercy on them, Jonah's word 
would not have come true. People would even question him as a prophet. In fact, the very call to Nineveh to repent would, amongst the Israelites, likely have led him to being rejected. It was a costly call. And that's the reality of what can happen when God speaks into our lives. Sometimes the word of God comes to us and it calls us to change our lives completely. Uh, And we're here wrestling with this challenge because actually says, God God says to us, go over here. And we say, that's not where I want to go. God says, I want you to do this. But we say, that's not what I want to do. God says, give up doing this. But we say, no, I really want to keep on with this. The word of the Lord comes to us and we are torn because we have to choose between Nineveh and Tarshish. Nineveh, which is the hard path, the difficult path to tread, the costly path, the path that doesn't always make sense to us. That's where we're called to. But sometimes Tarshish, the paradise, where we give in to whatever our human delights might be, that path seems far more attractive. And we have to choose which direction we're going to take. Today, are you on the path that God wants you to? to be on? Have you heard the word of God for you today?